0: Chapter 19 of Charlie to the Rescue. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sina Gadiani. Charlie to the Rescue by R. M. Valentine. Chapter 19 The Rescue and Its Consequences. The ground in the neighborhood of the ranch favored the operations of an attacking party, for it was so irregular and so cumbered with knolls and clumps of trees that the defenders of the post scarce dared to make a sally, lest their retreat should be cut off by a detached party of assailants. Hence Jackson would never have dreamed of quitting his house or ceasing to act on the defense had he not been under the natural impression that it was his own returning cowboys who had been attacked and outnumbered by the Indians great therefore was his surprise when on rounding a bluff and coming into view of the battlefield the party engaged with the indians though evidently white men were neither his own men nor those of the u s troops he had just made the discovery when a band of about fifty warriors burst from the woods and rushed upon him back to jack boys girls keep close! shouted jackson as he fired two shots and dropped two indians he pulled at a third but there was no answering report for the magazine of his repeater was empty crocks and darwall turned their backs towards him and thus formed a sort of triangle in the midst of which were the two girls but this arrangement which might have enabled them to hold out for some time was rendered almost aberrative by the ammunition having been exhausted so much for being in too great a hurry growled jackson between his clenched teeth as he clapped his rifle and made a savage blow at the indian who first came close to him it was evident that the indian were afraid to fire lest they should wound or kill the women or perhaps understanding how matters stood they wished to capture the white men alive for instead of firing at them their circles swiftly around, endeavoring to distract their attention so as to rush in on them. Bigfoot, who had recovered from his blow and escaped from the ranch made a sudden dash at dick when he thought him off his guard but dick was not easily caught off his guard in a fight while in the act of making a furious demonstration at an indian in front which kept that savage off he gave bigfoot a back-handed wipe as he called it which tumbled the chief completely off his horse just then a turn of affairs in fair of the wise was taking place on the battlefield beyond the party there had attacked the savages with such fury as to scatter them right and left and they were now riding down at racing speed on the combatants whose fortunes we have followed thus far. Two men rode well in advance of the party with a revolver in each hand. Why, it's Charlie Brook! Hooray! yelled Darvall with delight. And Buck Tom rode Jackson in amazement. So sudden was the onset that the Indians were for a moment paralyzed, and the two horsemen, firing right and left as they rode up, dashed straight into the very midst of the savages in a moment they were alongside of their friends while the rest of the old law band were already engaged on the outskirts of the crowd the very danger of the white men constituted to some extent their safety for they were so outnumbered and surrounded that the indians seemed afraid to fire lest they should shoot each other to add to the confusion another party of whites suddenly appeared on the scene and attacked the reds with a wild cheer this was jackson's little band of cowboys they numbered only eight but the suddenness of their appearance tended further to distract the savages while the nose was at its high sound or rather sensation of many feet beating the air was full next moment a compact lamb was seen to wheel round the block where the flood was going on and a stentorian charge was uttered as the united states cavalry preceded by hunky bore down with irresistible impetuosity on the foe but the indians did not await this onset; they turned and fled scattering as they went and the fight was quickly turned into a total rout and hot pursuit in which troopers outlaws travelers ranchmen scouts and cowboys joined the cavalry however had ridden far and fast so that the really little must of the plain soon left them behind and the boggle ere long recalled them all it was found an assembling of the forces that not one of the outlaws had returned whether they were bent on wreaking their vengeance still more fully on the foes or had good reason for wishing to avoid a meeting with troops was uncertain but it was shrewdly suspected that the latter was the true reason but you led the charge with buck tom sir said jackson to charlie in considerable surprise though how you came to be in his company is more than i understand here's somebody that can explain maybe said one of the cowboys leading forward a wounded man whose face was covered with blood while he limped as if hurt in the legs i found him trying to crawl into the brush did not you know him boys boy it's jake the flint exclaimed several voices simultaneously while more than one hand was laid on a revolver as if to inflict summary punishment i claim this man as my prisoner said the commander of the troops with a stern look that prevented any attempt at violence aye you've got me at last said the outlaw with a look of scorn you have been a precious long climb about it too secure him said the officer dining no reply to his remarks two troops dismounted and with a piece of rope began to tie the outlaw's hands behind him i arrest you also said the commander to charlie who suddenly found a trooper on each side of him these took him lightly by each arm while a third seized his bridle sir exclaimed our hero while the broad rush to his forehead i'm not an outlaw Excuse me, returned the officer politely, but my duty is plain there are a good many gentlemanly old laws about at present you are fine joining in fight with a notorious band until you can clear yourself you must consider yourself my prisoner disarm and bind him for one moment Charlie felt an almost irresistible impulse to fill the man who held him but fortunately the absurdity of his position forced itself on him and he submitted well knowing that his innocence would be established immediately is not this man one of your band jake asked the officer quietly yes he is replied the man with a malevolent grin he is not long joined this is his first scrimmage with us charlie was so thunderstruck at this speech that he was led back to the ranch in a sort of dazed condition as for dick Darwell, he was rendered speechless and felt disposed to regard the whole thing as a sort of dream for his attempted explanations were totally disregarded Arrived at the house, Charlie and Jake were locked up in separate rooms and centralized placed beneath their windows, this in addition to the security of handcuffs and roped arms. Then breakfast was prepared for the entire company, and those who had been wounded in the fight were attended to by Henry Benn, a self-taught surgeon, with Marion Buttercup to act as dressers. I say Jackson, observed Dalwell, when the worthy ranchman found leisure to attend to him. Of course, you know that this is all nonsense, an abominable lie about my friend Brooke being an outlaw, of course i do dick said jackson in a tone of sympathy and you may be cocksure sure i'll do what i can to help him but he will have to prove himself a true man and there are some mysteries about him that it puzzled me think how he'll clear them up mysteries echoed dick ay mysteries i've had some talk with hunkabin and he is as much puzzled as myself if not more well then i am puzzled more than either of you returned dick for my friend and mate is as true a man all straight and above-board as i ever read in on sea land that may be boy but there's some mysteries about him somehow can you explain what the mystery is jackson well this is what hunky Ben says. he saw your friend go off the other night alone to traitor's trap following in the footsteps of that notorious outlaw buck tom feeling sure that buck meant to waylay your friend hunky followed him up and overshot him in a place where he thought it likely the outlaw would lay in wait sure enough when he got there he found buck squatting behind a big rock so he waited to see what would turn off and be ready to rescue your friend and what do you think did turn off don't know said dick with a look of solemn wonder why when buck stepped out and bid him drop his hands your friend merely looked at buck and said something that hunky couldn't hear and then buck dropped his pistol and your friend got off his horse and they shook hands and went off as thick as thieves together and now as you've seen and heard your friend turns up hitting the charge of the outlaws and a most notable charge it was alongside of Buck thumb jake the flint who claims him for a corpsmate pretty mysterious all that and it may as said dick with some scorn in his tone who is this honky Ben that his words should be considered as good as a bank note? the greatest scout and the best and truest man on the frontier. Replied Jackson. Hum. So Missy Mary seems to think too, and Mary thinks right. And who may this Jack the Flint be as a sailor, the greatest scoundrel, cattle and horse stealer and cutthroat on the frontier? So then, rejoined Dick with some bitterness. It would seem that my friend and maid is taken off for an outlaw on the ward of the two greatest men on the frontier. It looks like a dick cobbled, of course, with your friend's own actions. But never you fear, man, there must be a mistake of some sort, somewhere, and it's sure to come out. For I'd as soon believe my Mary to be an outlaw as your friend, though I never set eyes on him before the other day. The fact is, Dick, that I've learned physiomy since... Physivademy interrupted the physiognomy the study of faces since i came to live on the frontier and i am pretty sure to know an honest man from a rogue as soon as i see him and hear him speak though i can not always prove myself right dick and his hoss were thus conversing and the soldiers were regaling themselves in the hall the commander of the troops and honky ben were engaged in earnest conversation with charlie blue who gave an account of himself that quite cleared up the mystery of his meeting and afterwards being focused associated with the outlaws it's a queer story. Story, said Hunkabin, who, besides being what his friends called a philosopher, was prone at times to moralize. It's a queer story and shows that a man shouldn't bounce at a conclusion till he's learned all the ins and outs of a matter. Of course, Mr. Brooke, said the officer, when Dick had finished his narration. Your companion knows all this and corroborates what you have said? Not at all, replied Charlie. He's an old shipmate whom I picked up on arriving in New York, and only knows that I'm in search of an old school schoolfellow who has given way to dissipation and got into trouble here of my private and familiar face he knows nothing well you have cleared yourself mr brooke continued the captain whose name was wilmot but i am sorry to have to add that you have not cleared the character of your friend letter whose name has for a considerable time been associated with the notorious band led by your old schoolfellow Ritson, who is known in this part of the country as Tom, one of the worst of this gang of highwaymen jake the has as you know fallen into my hands and will soon receive his desert as a black-hearted murderer I have recently obtained trustworthy information as to the whereabouts of the gang and i am sorry to say that i shall have to ask you to guide me to their den in traitor's trap is it my duty to do this asked charlie with a troubled look at the officer it is the duty of every honest man to facilitate the bringing of criminals to justice but i have strong reason for believing that my friend letter although reckless and dissipated joined these men unwillingly was forced to do it in fact and has been suffering from the result of a severe injury ever since joining so that he has not assisted them at all in their nefarious work then as to reason i am convinced that he repents of his course of conduct Indeed, I know that these men have been rebellious of late, and this very Jake has been aspiring to the leadership of the gang. Your feelings regarding these men may be natural, returned the captain, but my duty is to use you in this matter. Believing what you say of yourself, I will treat you as a gentleman, but if you decline to guide me to the nest of this gang, I must treat you still as a prisoner. May I have a little time to think over the matter before answering? So that you may have a chance of escaping me, replied the captain. Nothing was further from my thoughts, such as... Charlie with a flush of indignation. I believe you, Mr. Brooke, rejoined the captain with gravity. Let me know any time before twelve today what course you deem it right to take. By noon, I shall sound boot and saddle when you will be ready to start. Your nautical friend here may join us if he chooses. Now, while this investigation into the affairs of one prisoner was going on, the other prisoner Jake was busily employed investigating his own affair with a view to escape. How he fared in this investigation we reserve for another chapter. End of chapter 19